0: So honored to have you. Welcome to our Savior's Church. Uh, today we are—we're—we're uh, we're gonna just—I'm gonna share a message that's been on my heart this past week. Kind of a standalone. Normally we do series. We just got out of a series last uh, week called uh, "Stop Going to Church," and I thought it was—it was only God that our last message was talking about the church not being an a, uh, audience but being an army. And how I many know for the last two weeks, we've been an army to this city, to this region, and uh, so grateful for that. You're going to hear a lot more of that in the, uh, in the coming days. But uh, just again, thankful for eight days and thankful for all the OSC family that has been serving and loving. And I, I just want to know for those, come on, we'll we can celebrate all those. All those that are from here in this region, if, you've, if you yourself or you know someone that was impacted by the hurricane, I want you just to raise your hand. If you know somebody, look at this, all across the room. I mean, uh, how many know 2020's just been a year? <laughs> it's just been a year. I, I don't think it's any exaggeration for us to say that this year has changed the world. You know, from, uh, from all of the COVID stuff, come on, thank God we're getting into phase three, everybody. How many are grateful for that? We're getting phase. How many? I'm ready for phase out. Anybody ready for that one? <laughs> So we've had that going on, and then you know, of course, then we had some racial things and tensions that were going on there, and then and then we have an election that's coming up, <laughs> and then we had a Cat Four hurricane that hit our our region, and and recently I was I was just having intense prayer with the Lord, um, AKA I was complaining to him and um, just saying, God, why, why? I mean, why all of this in one year? And it was. It was so quick. The, the Lord is so quick in this. He, he just reminded me, he said, I just want you to know, you prayed for this. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I did not pray for this. I'll tell you that right now. There's no prayer for anything about any of this. And he says, no, you, you did. You prayed for this. And he reminded me, at the beginning of this year, uh, we celebrated 20 years as a church. Come on, 20 years. And um, yeah. And that was a, that was a, that was a a real key moment for us, 20 years of ministry and and serving people. And I shared a message called, we're crossing over. That was the message that I shared on our 20 year anniversary, we're crossing over. And uh, and God reminded me, in that message, you prayed for this. And I'm like, no, I didn't. So I went back and watched it. And uh, I'm gonna show you, I'll show you a clip of, of this message right here, so watch. So Egypt is the place of not enough. It's the place of not enough. It's the place of bondage. It's the place that I'm captive to. The wilderness is just enough. And the promised land is what? More than enough. More than enough. I'm going to just go out on the limb and say this. Most people are satisfied with just enough. They want to come to church on a Sunday and just get just enough God, just enough fire insurance I don't go to hell. How many know, though, God's got way more for you? He's got way more for you. He wants to pull you out of Egypt, a place of not enough. He wants to bring you through the wilderness. And how many know oftentimes the wilderness is in us? He's got to get the wilderness out of us. And then he brings us into a place of more than enough. And God, may we never be a church that settles with just enough. Come on, y'all with me? I don't want just enough. Like, come on, let I me mean, know. God's got more people to reach. He's got more churches to plan. He's got more things to do in your life. He's got more freedom to bring in your life. He's got more things that he wants to do in you and me. May we never settle with just enough. May we never settle for just enough. Thank you. You're welcome. No problem. Glad I could. I mean, no, we, we want the more than enough. But isn't it funny how we want to be changed, but we don't want to be challenged. All right. All right. And yet here we are, God, we want more than enough. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna, I mean, no, I've had enough. Anybody? Anybody else had enough? I've had enough. I'm done with enough. And so I, I want to read a passage of Scripture, James chapter 1. We've, we've continually come back to this verse throughout this year, but I want us to unpack this verse, and I want to get us a, a, just a framework on how do we get through what we're going through? Because we're all going through something, and, and all of us are going through maybe something different. Some of us, are we're all going through some things collectively but many of you are going through things individually or as a family. And I, I hope today, just to bring some encouragement, we've had enough bad news this year. We've had enough discouragement this year. I hope today to be just encouraging, but also just to be challenging to your faith of how do we walk through this year and get through what we're going through. And I want us to read James chapter one, and uh, we're gonna start in verse two. And if you are a part of eight days and this is your first time to OSC, I just want you to know, we're kind of what you call a holla back church, okay? So- yeah. So if it, if the preaching's good, you can holler back and say, "Preach it, white boy. Let's go. You can do whatever. Let's get it. Okay. You're not at the movies. You can preach it. Okay. So let's try. It. Let's say, everybody say, "Preach it." Ready? One, two, three. Preach it. There we go. Okay. So so just interact with us here. Okay. So watch this. I'm, we're gonna. You're gonna help me read this. It says, "My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but." How I many say that could be 2020's defining verse right there? When it seems though you're facing nothing but difficulties, watch this, see it as an invaluable opportunity opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. Mm -hmm. Now watch the next verse. For you know that when your faith is tested, how many would say 2020 has been the year of testing? When it's tested, it stirs up power, watch this, within you to endure all things. Then he goes on, he says this, and then as your endurance grows even stronger, it's gonna release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. James is trying to give us perspective. He says, when you see what you're going through, I want you to see it, not as obstacles, I want you to see it as opportunities. He's trying to help us gain perspective. How do we have perspective when we go through hardships, when we go through trials, when we go through adversity? James is saying, you've got to have a perspective. Now, here's what you need to know. Perspective is not what you see. Perspective is how you see. And this is huge here. Perspective is not what you see. It's how you see. How many know two people can look at the same thing and see two different things? It's perspective. And, and we want to have God's perspective in this time. And many of us can look at what's going on in 2020 and see it as an obstacle, or you can look at it through the lens that God has and see it as an opportunity to experience the greatest joy. I don't know, it, I, it has not been the greatest joyful year. It's been a hard year, and there's been a lot of tears, uh, there's been a lot of deaths, there's been a lot of destruction. And you say, Well, Pastor Josh, how can I be joyful in this season? Well, yet again, joyful is not based off of what's happening around us. It's based off of the God that's in us. And we can walk through even painful moments and and be okay to mourn through those and, and have a hard time, but understand that God has something he wants to do in us and through this. And how you look at it is up to you. This is the way I like to put it. The view is up to you. The view is up to you. And we spend a lot of time trying to get God to see what we're going through through our perspective, is that true? We're trying to, hey, God, don't, don't you see what we're going? God's going, I know. I'm, I'm trying to get you, though, to see it from my perspective. So I want to share today on how do we get through what we're going through. I'm going to give you three thoughts here, which, by the way, these, uh, these notes are on our app. If you're new to OSC, we have an OSC Connect app. If you download it, you'll get these notes. They're, they're on there, and uh, we can walk through this together. I'm going to give you three thoughts today. Number one is this, and this is huge, okay? We're about to get real deep here. God is good. God is good. How many of you grew up in a church where they said this? God is good. No, and all the time. God is good. Come on, y'all. Who, who, who knew that? I mean, everybody in here has heard that before, right? And it's kind of a little bit Christian cliche-ish, you know? God is good. Well, all the time. I'm like, well, I don't feel like all the time. I feel like part of the time he's good. But the truth is that God is good all of the time. But what we've done is we've bought into a lie, watch this, we've bought into the lie that because God is good, life should be easy. I mean, no though, God is good, but life is hard. And if you have subscribed to that theology that because God is good, life should always be good and easy, you will be highly disappointed. You will be highly disappointed. Life is hard. Hey, but God is good. And hey, those two those two uh, statements do not contradict each other. Life is hard, but God is good. I'm gonna show you, watch, if you look at the story of Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph in, in Genesis, he's the story of the, the the son that was the rejected one, brothers threw him in a pit, got sold into slavery, went into the Pharaoh's house, then you know had a had a cougar woman come after him, and then he was like, no, none of this. And she and then she she falsely accused him of doing things that he didn't do. He got thrown in prison for years and then they, they forgot him in prison. And, then, and yet in all of those times, God was doing things. God was doing things. God was doing things. God was doing, but it was a bad, bad time for him. Bad time for him. He finally, through of course God's sovereignness, gets, gets brought to uh, interpreting the dream and then gets put as second in charge of the nation. And his brothers come to him the ones that had thrown him in the pit and had lied about him dying. And they come to him for food because they're in a famine. And I want you to see how Joseph responds to his family who has rejected him and hurt him and did not want to have anything to do with him. I mean, no, if that would have been any of us, you would have been like, you gone. I cut you off. Nope, I don't want to have anything to do with you. But watch what Joseph says. He says this in chapter fifty. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, he says, Joseph says, you intended to harm me. Watch this, this is huge. But God intended it all for Amen. All for good. See, even when you tried to hurt me, God in the midst of that still could take that and use it for my good and for your good. And he brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many, many people. The facts are what you're looking at, but the filter is what we're looking through. So here's the question I wanna ask all of us. How would your life change, watch this, if instead of viewing God through your situation, you viewed your situation through your God? How would your situation change? How would life change? If instead of constantly looking at God through the situations and the hardships, I mean, you know, if anybody could be upset at God, Joseph could. But yet Joseph... And a heart of humility and forgiveness understood that even though you meant this, because I have a firm understanding that God is good, no matter what comes my way, even if it looks bad, it can still be for my good and for God's glory. And this is how we begin to get through the things that we're going through. I want you to view your circumstances through the goodness of God. So here's another question I want to ask. Where have you seen the goodness of God this week? Where have you seen the goodness of God this week? How I many you know it's so easy to focus on the things that are not good this week? But where have you seen the goodness of God this week? Where have you seen Jesus at play in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your job, in your own mind? Psalms 118 says it this way. Watch, verse 24 it says it this way. This is the day, everybody say that with me. This is, this is the day the Lord has made. We will... And be, how many remember that song? This is the day. Okay, we're not going to sing it. All right. So I figured if y'all knew God is good all the time, you know this song too. Now watch this. He says, this is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Now hear why this is so huge. The day hasn't even begun yet. How do you rejoice in a day that has not begun yet? This is the very beginning of the day. You don't know what's coming your way. How many know? But because this is a day God has made and God is good, I can rejoice in it before it even starts. I don't have to wait to see how the day goes to go, that was a good day. I can start the morning and go, today is going to be a good day. Now that that being said, it may be a terrible day. But because God is good, we can go into this knowing that God is working. I saw a video this week. I want to I show you of a lady in Lake Charles that was devastated by the hurricane. And if you have not seen this video, you're about to see it. This is, this is a picture of what it means to understand that God is good. Watch this.
1: I, they came back to check on my home. I didn't come with them that time because I said I was already hurt. I knew God had me. But I said, I don't wanna put no more hurt on me until today I came back because we have to meet the adjuster to go through things. And I went through the house, this is my first time. I went through the house and it's it's a loss, everything that's in there. And I also lost my car. But thanks be to God that I'm here and I have faith and I know God got better from me. He got better because I belong to him. And I just feel for all of you that had a loss in this hurricane, I really do. Because, you know, I love everybody. And if I had the money to to give, to give to people, I would do that. But God, he already got me. I know he told me, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I believe that. I know he got better for me. And I'm just thanking him that I still have my life, health and strength stops at this house because she has a a cross in the yard that says all is well and then after meeting her she walks out like a queen 85 years old the most beautiful woman in the world and you can tell all is well in her soul this is her first time seeing it most people are wrecked crying shaking and that's okay you know it's part of the process but she like has something else you can lose all your stuff yes. and you're standing on a different foundation. Yes. God got better for me. He got better. He is my source, not man. God is my source. And He told me in His Word, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be with you to the end. And He got better for me. And I just believe that. You need to have a personal relationship with God. If you got a personal relationship with God, you know who God is And you know know who you are Because of him You get that personal relationship Put your faith in him And trust him to do what you need to do John 14 and 14 said If you ask anything in my name I'll do it And that's what I do I keep him at his word I quote his word to him And I said, Lord, you said You said if I ask anything in your name You will do it and i believe it and i've asked god and he's gonna give it to me he's gonna give me better and i ask all of you the out there i know you have losses i feel for you truly i love everybody and if i had the money that all the damage that's done i would help all of you because i love people and i just want you to be encouraged if you don't know god right now if you're in your sins whatever give. Get up, receive salvation, and he'll receive you. He's just waiting on you, so you just trust him. Believe me, God is going to bring me through this.
0: Preach! Come on. I mean, she's telling us this. If it doesn't look good yet, God's not done yet. God is good no matter what goes our way. Man, to see a woman standing with her home like that and to be able to declare, Come on, you know, you got an anchor that this world cannot give you when you can stand in the midst of that and go, God is still good. He is still my Lord. That's amazing. That's amazing. So you have to be anchored in your soul that God is good. And the thing that the enemy will try to do is to try to make you believe the lie that he's not good. But he is. God is good. And all the time. All right, let me give you number two. God's word is true. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Watch what 2 Timothy verse 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 16 says. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach what is true. true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. And it teaches us to do what is right. John 17, 17, this is Jesus' prayer. One of his last prayers, he prays over his church and his disciples. He says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which which is truth. Which is truth. See, here's the deal. Until truth becomes real, what is real is your truth. Until truth becomes real to you, what is real to you is your current truth. But how many know we can be living in what we think is truth, but it's not true? Anybody been on Facebook? Okay, so (laughs) don't believe it all. Don't believe it all. We, We need to be people of the word of God if we're gonna go through difficult and hard times. We've gotta let God's word be the anchor and be the truth bearer for us in this season. We're about to go through election. Let this be the thing that guides you. We're gonna go through whatever you're walking through Difficulties, sickness, let this be the thing that speaks the truth. Because the enemy, he is a father of lies. So everything he does is to try to distort this. And what he'll do is it won't be a full blown lie, it'll be just a partial truth, but it's still a lie. Today is the kickoff of the NFL season. The Saints play today. God's team. Now, I know we got a lot of 8 Days people from other states. We just need you to know God's team is the Saints. <laughs> who dat? <laughs> and today, they, Breeze is going up against Brady. Okay, we're about to find out. About to find out how this is. Now, I, I absolutely love football. I'm excited about football kicking off and you know, high school and college and NFL. And uh, if, you, if you know Sean Payton, who is the Saints coach, he, he's, he's an incredible coach. Really great coach. But one of the things that he will do is if there is a play that is going on the field and it doesn't go the way he thinks it should go, then they will, he will, in his back pocket, pull out one of these right here. Now, if you don't know what this is, this is a challenge flag. And a coach can pull this out at any moment. When he thinks that an official got the call wrong, he will pull this out as fast as he possibly can and throw that on the field. And the way that it works is, is when he pulls this out, those officials then have to go and they get mic'd up. Look, this is, this is Sean with his flag, he loves that flag. I think he just keeps it, he keeps it on him. He doesn't even put it in his pocket anymore, he just keeps it on him. And they will go into a little area where they'll put a headphone, headset on and they'll look at a massive screen. And uh, if you know how this works, that, that screen will replay that play from all different camera angles many, many different camera angles and they'll do it in slow motion and they'll watch and see if the feet touch or if, you know, whatever the play was. And, they'll, and I have seen an entire game get turned over when a official walks onto the stage and he says, after further review, the play has been overturned. It's been overturned. And in that moment, I've seen a team that thought they were gonna win, lose or a team that thought they were gonna lose When, and I'm telling you right now, it is so huge for us to understand this because what that official is saying, that official is saying, I saw it the wrong way. I saw it this way, and I thought that was the way that it was, but until I went and got other perspectives and saw what the truth of it was, I can come back and now tell you, the truth is told, after further review, this has been overturned, and can I tell you, the enemy is going to speak lies to you constantly that your family member will never serve the Lord, and you go, oh, call the flag, call the flag, hold on. Wait, come on, I'm gonna go back and see. Okay, Acts chapter 16 verse 31 says that believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. This is it. Then the enemy comes, sickness is gonna kill you. Nope, hold up, wait, pull the flag, pull the flag. Come back. Wait, no, 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 Psalms 103 verse three says, he forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. I'm challenging the call. I'm challenging the call. Then you you come back and go, y'all you're always gonna be a failure. Flag, nope, we gotta go back. Romans 8, one says, so now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We let the truth of God's word. You're always gonna struggle with fear and peace. Pull out the flag. No, let's go back for review. Isaiah 26, verse three says, you will keep him in perfect peace who will trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. I am preaching way better than you're responding. And I have another service to do. I'm about to call the flag. I'm I'm calling the flag on y'all. This is... I'm telling you, this is huge here. This is huge here. Don't listen to all the wrong voices. You better make sure that whatever you're leaning on is built on this. Because anything that's not built on this will fall. It will crumble. It will not uphold you. And I'm telling you right now, 2020 has been a year where people are discovering what they've built their life on. And it hasn't been on this. They are struggling right now but the people of God who have built their life on the truth of God's word are standing with joy and with faith and expectation that God is working in the midst. We don't want to be people who just know the word, we want to build our life on the word. It is the truth. How do you get through what you're going through? You have to be anchored to truth. You have to stand on truth, truth. Number three, God cares about you. God cares about you. Mark chapter eight, verse 14 says it this way. But the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread. Now this, had just, this was just after one of the miracles where Jesus fed the 4,000. And they're, they're in a boat, they're going to the other side and the disciples forget to bring any food. They only had one loaf of bread with them in the boat. Verse 18 says this, you have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? These guys are freaking out because they only got one loaf of bread. And he's trying to remind them, do you know where we just came from? And watch what he says in verse 19. When I fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftovers did you pick up afterwards? And they said, 12. In the next verse, they said, and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? He asked them. What he's telling them in this moment is we just got done with this miracle. I fed thousands of people with only five or with only seven, and here you are with one, and you're freaking out over this. Now, can I just do this? Can I file a complaint with my Sunday school teacher? I wanna file a complaint with my Sunday school teacher because I never knew. Did y'all know that he did this twice? He fed 4,000 one time, and then a couple months later, he fed 5,000. Like, this is twice. I'm putting in a complaint with all of Sunday school teachers right now, okay? I had to learn all of this. This This is two different times. But here's why this is so important, and I think this is why. Watch this. Because this passage of Scripture is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, both of them, both times that he does it. And the reason I believe he does it twice is because he's telling us, if I can do the miracle once, I can do it again. If I did it once, I can do it again. If I healed you once, I can heal you again. If I delivered you once, I can deliver you again. If God helped you financially once, come on, I mean, know. he can do it again. If God was there for you when you didn't have anybody that one time, how I mean, know. he can do it again. This is a God who does it again. And if we look back, watch this, if we look back at God's past faithfulness, all it does is builds us faith for the future. Look at everything we're going through right now. We got a hurricane, Four, one of the worst hurricanes that's ever hit our state. And you know what? People in this region, in this area, however devastated they are, they know that God is good and they know that they can rebuild. Why? Because we've done it once, we can do it again. God's walked us through Katrina. God walked us through Rita. God walked us through a flood of 2016. And if he provided then, come on, let me know, he can do it again. This is the God that we serve. He does it again. Now, this is the only miracle, though, outside of the resurrection that is in all four Gospels. It's the only one. Think about this. The only one that's in all four of them. This is why I believe he has it in every one. Because Jesus is not just concerned with your soul, which is what the resurrection's all about. I mean, oh, Jesus is also concerned with your needs, which is what the feeding of the 4,000 is all about. How many are you glad that we don't just serve a God who just cares about the condition of your soul? He also concerns about the conditions that you're walking through and the needs that you have. Right. He, he took care of their, their needs. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Let me show you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Give all your worries and your yeah. Cares. Yeah. cares to who? To, not to Facebook. That was your moment, okay, all right. Not to social media, not to, not to, the, to, not to the gossip line. Come on. Come on. Give all your worries, give all your cares to God. to God for he cares about you. He cares about you. I mean, no, he's concerned and he cares about the fact that you have to rebuild. He he's cares and concerns that you have bills right now that you're trying to figure out how you're actually going to pay. He cares that there was a diagnosis that now has devastated your family and you have loved ones maybe that are battling through health. I mean, oh, he cares about that. Right. Give all your worries. Give all your cares to God. Give, cast them all. This is the other verses say, cast those cares upon him. Because not only does, does God care for your soul, he cares for your needs. Now watch this, ready? Not only does God care, but he's commissioned his church to care for the things that he cares about. So just as much as God is so passionate about seeing people's souls saved, healed, set free, and delivered, I mean, God is also concerned about needs and meeting people's needs. That's what we're doing right now as a church. That's why we open up a distribution center and feed people for hours and hours and hours and hours and supply all these things. That's why Eight Days of Hope is here, helping muck out homes and cut down trees and tarp roofs is because God cares for people and so do we. Their needs are huge. I love what Howard Truman said. He said, uh, Thurman, Howard Thurman said it this way. The power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be a part of the answer. Some people wanna pray big prayers, but they don't wanna be the answer. God has called his church to not only pray for their community, but be the answer. The local church is the hope of the world for this community and for this region. I've been so encouraged to see what our local churches all around this region have done. Partnering together, lowering their flag, raising up the Jesus flag and saying, we're going to serve a community that's hurting. And can I tell you right now? Hey, listen, right now, the church is doing more than our government is. I'm telling you. And I'm so grateful. Listen, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for FEMA. FEMA, we thankful for you. But they walked into our distribution center and said, Do y'all need supplies? Do y'all need volunteers? Do y'all need? And we said, I don't need any of that. We're running really well right now. We've served over 15,000 people in the last 10 days. Just through what God is doing, the hundreds of homes that Eight Days of Hope and Samaritan's Purse and every other organization that's here that the church is rallying together. And I was on a Zoom call the other day with 20 uh, Lake Charles pastors. 95% of their congregations are not even in Lake Charles right now. They're they're dispersed, and yet to hear these pastors' heart talk about their heart for their community and their heart for their people, and they don't even have power, they don't even have electricity. How many know if we get the church strong, how many know it'll be strong for a city, strong for a region, strong for a state? And this is what God is calling us. God not only cares about our soul, he cares about our needs, and he cares about yours. Last one, number four. How do we get through what we're going through? Be reminded that this is not your home this is not your home. Do I got any mamas in the house? Mamas, 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 mamas. Okay. Yeah. Mamas, you remember the baby days, the toddler days? Some of you may be in those days right now. I mean, oh, those days just blend together. They just like, they, they, they blend because all you're thinking about is diapers and feedings and wake up and sleep and where is sleep and when is sleep and is my husband going to do anything? Okay. And what's going on here? I was saying that for me personally. No, you guys are amazing. I was, so it's just one of those. And the quickest way, watch this, the quickest way to get discouraged in that season is for you to think that it will last forever. But I mean, oh, that season don't last forever. It goes, it goes fast. And, and that's the same for us. The quickest way for us to get discouraged is for us to think the season, that we're in is gonna last forever. That's right. yeah. It's not gonna last forever. It's not gonna last forever. That whatever, whatever you're walking through right now, now some of you are, are in long-term struggles that is true. Paul had a thorn in his side that would never go away. But, but God would tell him, my grace is sufficient for that. My grace is sufficient for that. But I think we need to be reminded that this is not our home. Don't get so upset about what you have or don't have because this is not our home. This is what Paul says that he encouraged the Corinthian church. He says, for our present troubles, everybody help me with these, are and Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. And he goes on, he says this, and now he's going to give, him the, give them the focus. So we, look, he's trying to help them with perspective, right? He's trying to help them, not, not what they're seeing, but how they're seeing. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now Rather, we fix our on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. How many of you would agree that everything that's gone on in 2020 feels anything farther than small and not very long? It's felt large (laughs) and for a long time. But Paul is comparing this not to what we're going through on the earth. He's comparing this to heaven. He says, listen, fix your eyes on things that you can't see, the heavenly things, because what you're going through today is small and momentary. So I wanna end today with this. What if we were to end our sentences with the words, for now? Things are not going well for now. It has been a difficult season for now. Come on. What if we just were reminding ourselves this is not permanent. This is momentary. For now. For now. Yeah, it's been a struggle. For now. I'm not trying for us to be, you know, cheerleading and pom-pom and act like it's not hard. It is hard your kids are running from the Lord, that's a hard season. If you're going through, you know, cancer or some kind of diagnosis that's very, very painful, that's a hard season. But can we just fix our eyes on Jesus and on heaven and go, for now, I can walk through this because he gives me strength. He gives me hope. He gives me grace to go through what I'm going through for now, for then, for then, for then, for then. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for you. And I pray for those today that they just have no hope. They feel like they've just been depleted. Maybe for many, this hurricane was kind of what they would say is the last straw. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. God, I pray that people hear your truth today, they would be reminded that God is good. God is good. They would be reminded that this is not their home. They would be reminded that God's word is true and that God cares about them. And today, God, I pray that you would encourage your people Pray that you would draw people to yourselves. With all heads bowed, if you're here in this place, it's just been one of those seasons. It's it's maybe some discouragement, maybe some just it's been a hardship in your own soul. You go, man, I, I just need, I need God to just to encourage you to come and strengthen me. If that's you, just would you just raise your hand all across this room? If that's you, come on, hands going up all over. If that's you online, just let us know. We want to we're gonna pray with you. Father, I pray for those right now who's just lifted their hands and said, This is this has been that season. I thank you that you are the God of all encouragement. You are the God of all strength. Holy Spirit, right now, would you flood, flood, flood your people with your presence and with your power and with your hope. And I pray that as they may be walked in today with their perspective on the things around them, that today as they leave, they would leave with their view and their gaze fixed on Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you that you're our hope. Thank you that you're our provider. Thank you that you're our healer. If you're here in this room and you have never submitted and surrendered your life to Jesus, everything that you're longing for is found in Christ and Christ alone. We can't work our ways to be in right standing with God. We can't do enough good deeds to, to make it to heaven. Our sins separated us from him And yet Jesus came to this earth, sent by his Father to live a life that you and I couldn't live, perfection, and ultimately to go to a cross to take on our shame and our guilt. And it's only because of what he did and the great gift of his grace that if we receive it, we receive what he's done. He rose again, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave to make our relationship with God and right standing back together again today, the Bible says that if you will confess him as Lord of your life, if you will ask for the forgiveness of sins, he will come and he will make you born again. If you've never prayed that prayer before and you've never surrendered your heart today, I want to pray for you. And those that are watching online, if that's you, you can pray this right alongside with me. I want you just to say this I want to say today, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for coming and living perfection on this earth, on the cross, you took my shame and my guilt and my sins. You have forgiven me. You have given me a clean slate. Today, I accept you to be born again. I give my life to you from this moment forward. I repent of my sins and I turn to you In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate today with those who prayed that prayer? That's you.